Welcome back to our part two of Raising Kids Catholic here at Village Catholic Conversation. My name is John Kinuthia, a Catholic speaker, life coach, joined by my co-host, Art Bima Jr. How are you doing today, John? Doing very well. And my, our friend, Tom Fado. This is a very interesting conversation. And as you had in our previous um, talk here, uh, all the things that uh, we can do as parents to make sure that we help uh, create trust with our kids, and the language that we use, and taking the responsibility uh, of being Catholic. So right this episode, there are a couple of things that I would like us to do. And, but the first thing is, um, where does it all begin? Um, we know we have different demographics of children from all the ages. Our audience range from all the ages. So how can we help them? Well, I think, John, like we talked about in, like the, in the, the first part, it does begin with that premise, which is my job as parent above everything, is to do all that I can to help my child in their relationship with Jesus Christ so they go to heaven. And that's first and foremost. So mm -hmm. that's, no matter where you are, that's your starting point. Obviously, as we'll talk about some specific things, um, the younger you start, the better, yeah. but it's not too late. It yeah. might be a little bit harder if you'd adopt that mindset, you know, when your kids are all teenagers or, or older, but the mindset really is what, everything permeates and comes out of that mindset, you know? Let me just give you one concrete example. I know for our, for our listeners, I mean, I think concrete examples are good. So we talked a little bit about, in the first episode, about the culture and how the culture could be very challenging for yeah. us in terms of faith. Yeah. So I look at the world of movies, music, television, right? When we were, you know, well, we're real older than you are, but <laughs> when we were kids, like, that wasn't a problem. Our parents yeah. could put us in front of the TV, yeah. and other than maybe... Like, you know, uh, Sunday night at 9 o'clock when the world, when the ABC movie came on that might have had a couple words that, you know, that really weren't horrible, um, there'd be a warning about that TV show. And we'd go up and parents would be like, go to bed, right? Nowadays, though, you can't put a child in front of an unattended TV on, with cable because everything yeah. that we don't want them to see, it's there. Yeah. So our parents didn't have that issue. Yeah. So fast forward to today. So when our children were younger, for example... Um, they knew, this is one little small thing, they knew that if they went to a friend's house, you know, the friend up the street, and they were going to hang out there or go to a sleepover, that when there was a decision about watching a TV show or a movie, and my children didn't know already that they were allowed to watch that movie, they knew they had to call home to ask permission. Or if they were going to a sleepover at a, at a new location with a new friend, it would be my wife or our, uh, my wife or I calling that parent to talk about what is on the docket for that evening as to what they're going to watch. Okay, mm -hmm. and there were times when either from the conversation with that parent, we expressed that our children may not watch that show, um, and they made a change. So we were witnessing right to that mm -hmm. parent. Or there were times when uh, think about my oldest daughter would call home um, and say, you know, they're going to watch this show, and we'd say, well, you can't. And so my daughter either would come home. Or she would find, hopefully, another friend there to do something else. Now, I know some parents go, wait a minute, th that's, 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 too that's my, or, or, or you're going <laughs> to, your children are going to be viewed, you as a family, you're going to be, you're going to be viewed as, you know, oh, you're those people, right? Yeah. Those radical. Yeah. And I said, yes, you're exactly right. Mm. Because that's what we're called to do. Yeah. Remember that first point. There are no buts. Okay. Now, my children, I'm not saying it was always easy. But I told them, you can use me as an excuse. I don't expect my, you know, 10-year-old daughter to say, stand in the gap and say, sorry, girls, I can't watch that show. I think it's morally wrong. No. But they would say, I got to check with my mom and dad because yes. if, if they find, like, they'll kill me. 
Blame it on me. Yep. I have no problem with that. I'll take that heat. Mm. But that's doing my job. Mm. I can tell you now that most of my children are older. They understand it now. And they get it. Yeah. And you know what? There yeah. was a time that they went back, and they might have watched that TV show later in life, and they went, oh, I see you now why you didn't want us to yeah. watch that when we yeah. were 10. Yeah. Yeah. But it's those types of small things. But as the parent, again, you have to be willing that you're going to take some heat. And I can remember a parent like, well, what do you mean that show is not good? Why? We watch all the time. Yeah. And I would yeah. say, well, do you really want me to talk about it? I mean, if you really want me to express my view, I'll, 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 I'll mm. tell you why. Yeah. Again, not condemning, not judging, yeah. but offering, you know, and, and, and sometimes having that chance to witness and help a parent. There were times when a parent really didn't know mm. about a particular show or movie. And I went through it. And I went through the parent's guide. And, I, and, I, and parents went, I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's yeah. just one, one yeah. but that's a practical type of yeah. thing. Yeah. That's the difference between you know hoping our kids stay and taking deliberate action yeah. to guide them. Deliberate decisions. What about you, my friend? Well, I was gonna say just to piggyback on Tom's um, comments, which is one of the discussions that we had with our children as they got a little bit older, even when they were still pretty young, even at five, six, seven, is this idea that just because it's on doesn't mean that it's acceptable to watch and that even grown-ups there are films that are for grown-ups that no grown-up should be watching right <laughs> so um, right. so this idea that because you have the freedom to choose something doesn't mean that you're allowed to choose yeah. it yeah so that almost sets up a thing where they become discerning media consumers from a very young age because ultimately you're controlling what they're watching when they're little but when they're 18 or 19 and they're off at college yep. and you have no control over them and you find it, oh my gosh, my son's watching porn. Well, did you ever have the conversation yeah. about yeah. Right. Yeah. these certain things are not morally right. acceptable? Did you prepare yeah. them to yeah. be To discerning. prepare them to yeah. be discerning things. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know there are, I have friends that totally did not allow any of their children to have any access to TV or anything, which is fine. Um, it's difficult to teach self-control when you have no ability to exercise that self-control <laughs> so uh so uh but but sometimes it's hit or miss no. my example would be my both my kids were competitive swimmers and we spent a lot of time at swim meets doing nothing and almost every other kid had the little what's the time where they're not game boys or kind of little like traveling game systems and we would say no bring a book just bring a book both of my children eventually said thank you for not doing that no we're not watching movies when we're traveling the 20 minutes between here and there, yeah, yeah. okay, in a car. Yeah, you don't need to watch yeah, a movie. Yeah, Even yeah. on a road trip, we put books on tape in. And both of my children have great attention spans, and they're reading comprehension because they just, it's like, bring a book. Yeah, you yeah, don't need to play yeah, video games all yeah, the time. Yeah. So those are become teaching your young children to be good consumers of media and to be discerning at a young age leads to adults that do the same thing. Yeah. So, so, so that sounds like more too on uh, the con concept of language that you, you, you were talking about earlier. It's not the language of condemning the media, but it's also finding a positive way around it. Like you're saying, bring a book, uh, set the tone, be the model. Of make good choices. Make, make, deliberate right. choices on how uh, they feed on that. Because again, it's a culture of media, it's there. Um, Something I normally say is that you know I didn't grow up with TV. You know I I watched my my first TV when I was about probably twenty. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't grow wow. up with TV. Right. Uh, even in my own room, I didn't have a TV until I 
came here and I said, okay, we're going to have a TV. <laughs> so one conversation that I find myself having constantly with my four-year-old is there are all these shows about with witches and with the weird characters. I'm like, how do you even want to watch this? This, to me, isn't... Is the, isn't the best thing to watch. Although he may say, well, we watch this in school. And I say, no, this is feeding you the wrong image of who you are as a person. That's correct. And, well, he was taking a while to, to get that, but I'm sure one day when we, he's a little grown, probably we'll, have, we'll keep having this conversation because right. I want to make sure that uh, he, he knows we are human beings with souls. We, we are human beings that... Uh, don't necessarily depict people as witches as bad and, and as fighting all the time. And which is probably part of it is my own way of viewing the world. I want to make sure that the world is a better place. If he can understand that, if he can grow with that. And again, this is based on the language, the choices that you make for your family, for your kids, um, in the consuming of the media and stuff like that. And, and, and I think the practical examples that both of you are given. Yeah. You want to say something? Yeah, I mean, you, you, got to, you, you nailed it there. You fill their lives... You build their world um, with things that are going to support what you're trying to do in their lives, that are going to support uh, their moral journey, that are going to support a relationship with Jesus. And you, and you, and you eliminate or minimize anything that's going to get in the way of that. Um, it, 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 it's really not that complicated. It just takes some backbone yeah. to, be willing, you know, to be willing to do it. I, I could think of one that when I, was, when I, would, I would talk to parent groups again, um, I came across a statistic when I was in campus ministry that said um, when it comes to dating, right? Because in this, in this day and age, especially with romantic comedies, oh, and it's cute, and it's... Yeah, a, yeah. Well, I came across a statistic that said that when, when, um, when students wait until they are 16 before they date, and not, when I mean date, I mean like when they actually go on a date, one boy, one girl. If they wait until 16 before they're allowed to actually go on a date like that, so not talking, you know, hang out with a group of friends, but just a one-on-one -on -one date. Ninety-five percent chance mm. that they will, they will not be sexually active by the time they graduate from high school if they wait until sixteen. Mm. If they start dating one by thirteen, ninety-five percent of those students will be mm. sexually active before they end before before they finish high school. Okay, mm. I, that statistic that was that hit me like a two by four. Right, and I would talk to parents about that, and so with our children, we've followed suit on that, right? Mm. And you know what? It's mm. phenomenal, mm. phenomenal. Again, my, my all my girls and I were older than sixteen, yeah. and they look back and they appreciate that. Yeah. They yeah. appreciate that. And again, it's not about saying that dating is wrong or horrible or evil, but it prepared them that discernment, right? That mm. by the age of sixteen, yeah. all right, with all the other ways that we've talked with them and, yeah. and helped guide them, now they knew who they were, they had their own intrinsic value, they understand who they were as a, as a daughter of God, mm -hmm. and now they can make much better decisions yeah. than a 13-year-old yeah. who's yeah. getting their information from movies and TV. Yeah. Yeah. Another yeah. practical example. That so it, the way I hear you, both of you, in this conversation, it's not, it's not saying you go make your own decisions. It's as a parent taking responsibility. Can, can I talk about that real quick? Right, real, let me I'm sorry to jump in. But, but, Sometimes people say, oh, but they have to make their own choices. You can't force them. You can't force them. Now, you have little kids, right? Yeah. If you let your son eat chocolate all day, would he? <laughs> right? If you let your son decide whether or not to brush his teeth, yeah. would he? 
when you teach your son to cross the road, right? Do you make him? Do you force him look both ways, right? He almost <laughs> gave up me a hot attack a while ago right. trying to run across the road. My point is, <laughs> as parents, right, we force our yeah. children to do things all the time. In fact, if we don't do that, we'd be irresponsible. Yes. Well, if we can worry about our children's teeth, right, or getting hit by a car, or their weight, or whatever, shouldn't we put equal diligence in regards to their soul? Yeah, yeah. So, of course. That's, of course. A, that's, a, that's a pretty amazing way to say it. You look yeah. at me like there yeah. was something... No, 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 I'm just, I'm <laughs> fondly remembering when my little, when my kids were little. I, it, it just seems like it was, it was very, it was just, mm -hmm. it seems like it was just yesterday, and now they're grown kind of young adults, and uh, and just the conversations that we would have. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I think the other thing is, too, is, and I think both my my son and daughter would both concur that at age-appropriate times, as they got older, we, we would speak to them about why we're making the decisions that we're making. That's huge. So, yes. so yep. it yep. wasn't just a mandate to, Correct. this isn't happening. And the level they understood is, this is why I'm saying, you don't understand it now, but this is why I'm making this decision, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and the other thing is, uh, and some of this sounds like kind of just non-Catholic secular stuff, and it's just good parenting, right. which it is, sure. because they're, they're not mutually yeah. exclusive, right. um, is, uh, I said no a lot. And sometimes, much to, I'm pointing to my daughter who's sitting doing tech work today, uh, <laughs> I would say no just because I could say no. And no particular reason. And you laugh. But as adults, we know. We don't always get what we want. Yeah. That's right. I think good parents and, say no. And, and, and there yeah, are times when I, when I would think about whether to say yes or no. And there would have been no downside to saying yes. But I felt, you know what? I'm just going to say no today. So that your kid gets used to not having everything they want every time they ask for it. Mm. Because that's not the way the adult world works. And when you explain to your children why some decisions were made, what else did that, con did that, did that convey to them? They conveyed that you loved them. Right. They conveyed yeah. that you cared for them. I'm paying attention to the details. Right. We would tell the children. They, they know that my job as your father is to guide you home. So yeah. I would have that conversation with my children. So I may be making decisions sometime that you may not like, but that's my role. I got to be able to look my father in the face and say, I did all I could to protect and to guide the yeah. child that yeah. you've entrusted me yeah. with. Yeah. It's a powerful message. You know, that I'm going to tie that to a message I had from, uh, I was watching a Facebook Live from Father Walsh from um, St. Raymond's, and he said uh, it is his role as a pastor, as a father, to the congregation to, to stand and stick with the truth. Right. Because when he goes to heaven, he wants to answer the right the right way to God the Father. Did you teach the truth? And you make me think as yeah. fathers, as parents, it's our role to speak the truth and to explain why, because I think that's a, a missing link. Uh, in my engagement with the parents and some of the students that I speak with, there's this element of busy, being busy, and you're not there for your, for your children or you're not there uh, to engage, to have a conversation. How can we address, because some of the uh, parents, I'm sure, who will be listening to this conversation is, um, you know, I'm busy working. I work three jobs. I don't have time, you know. It's easier for me to give them my phone to watch some YouTube or to watch some shows so that I can do ABC. I can get, I can get the stuff done. What kind of uh, conversation or what kind of tips can we 
give the... I was going to say, well, from my experience, so uh, my dad uh, worked in the grocery business, and now that Sunday at the time wasn't a thing, he was home on Sundays, but he worked six days a week, and I barely ever saw him. Um, my mom worked as well outside the house, and uh, but the time that I had with my parents was good quality time. And I distinctly remember there were days where my dad would take a Saturday off and I knew he had to be tired and he would get up very early in the morning and take us out to go fishing, you know, mm. and it wasn't all the time, but when my dad was home, he was home mm. and I was important to him and he mm. spent time with me. When my mom was home, she was home. So I know it sounds cliche that it's not necessarily about the amount of time, but what you do with it. Um, and the amount of time helps. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The more time you can spend with your kids, the yeah. better. Um, we made a decision when my daughter Rebecca was born uh, for me to quit my job and stay at home and mm -hmm. be a stay-at-home parent. Yeah. Uh, my wife was making most of the money and uh, had our insurance. And I had a job that was kind of like, it was a job, but it was, it was not really a career position. Because for us, it was important that we raise our children. Not everybody has that chance. So mm. I, I understand some people, they yeah. both have to work and, and they have to have child care outside the home. Mm. For us, we were able to make that decision mm. um, because it gave me a chance to be around at the very, very informative first five or six years of my kids' lives. Um, so if you do have to have child care, it's important that you connect with someone who shares your moral view of the world. Mm and understand that they need to back you up. And it's not just a place, you, you shouldn't be just sending your kids somewhere where you're not dumping them. You're not dumping them, <laughs> just say, okay, make sure yeah. they don't cut any major parts off their body <laughs> and you know, you know, catch themselves yeah. on fire and eat yeah. poison. Okay, it, you, you, need to, you need to find someone yeah. who shares your worldview, yeah. uh, your, your Catholic worldview, uh, if not a, a grandparent, to back you up yeah in the decisions that you want your child to learn to make on their own. And like I said, that question, John, you know, whatever time you have is the time that you give. Yeah. And again, if you have that mindset where my first role is what I do with the yeah. children, yeah. then that changes things. I think about, you know, I think about when the kids were real little and bedtime, right? Bedtime. Oh, read a book, read a book, read a book. And I remember years where I was like, ugh. I want to go do something. I want to yeah. go veg out. I want to go. I don't want to read the Lorax again. Oh, yeah. But when I change my mindset and I start embracing that time, it changes all, everything. May change everything. Mm -hmm. So there are yes, as a parent, as a parent, you're going to make sacrifices. Yeah. You know that financially, time-wise, etc. Mm -hmm. But from a faith perspective, that is our role. Mm -hmm. John, you are the first glimpse of God the Father that your children will ever have. Mm. Think about that. They Deep. will see God the Father mm. first through their own father. Mm. So that is daunting, but it also is encouraging. Mm. And when we get that into our mindset, yeah. that I, I in the hands, the feet, the eyes, and the ears of God, mm. until they're old enough to know him on their own mm. and get that relationship going, I am God to them mm. in this world. I am the hands, the feet, the mouth yeah. of God. Yeah. They will learn to love him as I love my child. Phenomenal. There's a reason. Deep. Four. Number four. Honor your father and mother. If you 
if you can't honor your father and your children can't honor you, there's no way you're going to honor the father. Yeah. yeah. So what what Tom is saying is your children, they need to learn to honor you mm. so they understand the importance of honoring. Because if they cannot honor you and in the same respect, yeah. just as God the Father is faithful to the truth, mm. we as parents, right. your children honor you better when you're faithful to the truth. Yeah. And you're guiding them out of love yeah. and not out of own your own kind of personal whims or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, which isn't always, you're not always making decisions that as a human broken person you would make. You're yeah. making decisions based on the love of your child. Yeah. Yeah. So, the fourth commandment is an important one for a reason. Because yeah. it's teaching us to love the Father. Yeah. We're modeling that mm. for, the, for your kids. Wow, this is uh, obviously a great conversation, and uh, it can keep going and sure, going and sure. going. But um, I do appreciate all the points that you're bringing here today. And as you can see, our dear listeners, we have mindset conversation, we have language, we have trust. And uh, when you were talking, um, you know, being the father, something came to my thought about uh, one of the priests who was saying, in the family, during dinner or during every time you're having a meal, that table represents like the altar. And the parents are like the yeah. priests who are offering the family to the father. Yeah. So wow. being this first place when the children are sitting around the table and just having that conversation with them, having a meal together, because that's another point too, having a meal with your kids, and accelerating and really encouraging your kids to speak and, and, and to share what's in their heart. Because sometimes we don't have time to listen um, and understand their language. And, and I think that that's powerful. That goes to what you're saying, right. modeling uh, the kids see the love of God through you and, and everything that you, uh, we're doing. And I think uh, this, is a, this is just a phenomenal conversation. Um, so but I, I don't want to take too much time on this conversation because it can keep going on. And I'm sure we'll revisit we'll, this. We'll, we'll come back to this we'll in the future. I'll in, give in one the, last thought if sure, I may. Sure, sure, sure. Men, I'm looking at the men. Don't wimp out, okay? Because I think too many times, we as men, oh, well, if, 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 if she's going to do it, if my wife's going to do it, then I'll, I'll, that, I'll just kick back. You know, we, we, I don't know about you guys, and fall in that role at home? Uh, mm. No, you did never no. do that, right? No. We can. We can wimp out. Yeah, we can. When it comes yeah. to being, you are to be the spiritual leader of your household. Don't wimp out, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I never saw my father lead a prayer once ever my entire life. I'm not going to make that, what I would say was the same mistake. Okay? We need to take the role. Most times we know mom will do it. But men, yeah. don't wimp out. You need to do it. Yeah. Your children need to yeah. see yeah. the faith coming through you. Yeah, that's definitely And straight. one more quick statistic. <laughs> no, do you know that most families with kids that attend church, it has nothing to do with mom attending the church. It has to do with dad. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't know the exact numbers, yeah. but yeah, the, the, a, the yeah. families where dad attends the church on a weekly basis... The percentage of children and kids who stay connected to their faith, and it's across all Christian faiths, sure. is astronomically yeah. higher. If yeah. dad stays home, how could mom even get the children to go? Yeah. When they can stay, but, but they can, at, but it's hard. Right, look yeah. at daddy. Yeah. I want to be like daddy. I want to yeah, be like daddy. Be like daddy. Yeah, yeah, be like daddy. Daddy, get your yeah. butt in the pew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah I, also, that kind of leads me to, and, and again, uh, some of the conversations I have had with, uh, with parents, parents, when I'm helping them through this uh, conversation is, what about those people who are married to 
fathers who are not of Catholic faith, or they don't practice the faith at all. Well, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole, that's, that's that's a whole nother conversation. Good setup for another conversation. <laughs> we will. <laughs> so anyway, we, we, we're going to leave it here. And hopefully that you got some points that uh, in your own household, in your own home, in your own men's group and parent group, a mother's group, you have found some pointers that you can start having a conversation around your home and with your family so that we can build the faith of our children and we can keep them Catholic. Because again, that's what conversations are about. Don't shy away, don't remount, just be strong. This has been Village Catholic Conversation. I'm your host, John Kinuthia, joined by my co-host, Adbima Jr., and our friend, Tom Faro. <laughs> Until next time, go start your own conversation.